Dear Gratitude, an anthology is out. With over 50 different perspectives and stories on gratitude, this book captures what most books don't. The secret sauce is in the number of voices and stories where you'll be sure to find a personal connection to so many as I did. A really excellent book, David Freeman. Found exclusively on Amazon.com. Well, good morning, and I'm Chris Palmer. This is Gratitude Space Radio, and we have a, this is another Productive Accidents episode, and I'm going to bring my friend Peter Williams from Hong Kong in. Hey, Peter. How are you, Chris? Good. Good to see you again, man. Thank you so much for today, man. I know we uh, we got a big guest here today. So we got it. I just want to share real briefly that the reason I, that my backstory with Bob's book is that our friend Gail, who you introduced me to, shared it with me because you shared it with her. Right. <laughs> so you go ahead and we'll bring Bob in. It's, it's all going to make sense eventually, but... Uh... I've been living here in Hong Kong for about 11 years before that, Singapore for nine, before that, Australia. And, and along the way, I've discovered this idea about productive accidents, which is kind of, you know, serendipity on steroids. And, you know, today's conversation is a, an extension of, of embracing that mindset. And, uh, you know, 10 years of playing with this idea has created so much content that I just had to write it down, which was the book you just flashed up there. And as part of that book, I, I did, you know, showcase and amplify the people that have inspired me, including uh, Bob and uh, and his book, The Go-Giver. And it resonated on so many levels. And maybe I'll save that for, for later in the conversation. But uh, that's a bit of context. Awesome. Let's bring Bob in. Hey, Bob, welcome to the show. Chris and Peter, it is great to be with both of you. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Welcome. This is this is wonderful. We both love your book. So just having a few minutes of your time is a complete gift. And I, I can speak for Peter and say we're both grateful. No, <laughs> so so am I. Grateful gratitude right back at you. Thank you. Where Thank are you, you. Based, Pardon? Where are you based? I am in Jupiter, Florida, which is uh, about 25 to 30 minutes north of West Palm Beach, uh, about an hour and 45 minutes north of Miami on the uh, uh, Atlantic Ocean. Excellent. And Chris is in Kentucky and I'm in Hong Kong. So we've got a little bit of, you know, variation yep, keeping in there. <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll give you the backstory of, of, of how I discovered GoGiver. So when I moved to Hong Kong, I'd finished business school and I thought, look, how do I keep learning? You know, I'm curious. I want to be embracing sort of lifelong learning. It doesn't have to be super formal. And the TEDx community was was picking up around that time. And, you know, Soon discovered that there were about 10 different formats in Hong Kong. TEDx Hong Kong, TEDx Wan Chai, Happy Valley, TEDx Women, TEDx Youth, TEDx Education. And through that community, um, I got to meet some great people and volunteer for some of their events and, you know, MC and, and curate some of the speakers. And the event, I think it was 2013, um, I, I helped prepare 15 speakers. Five of them became, you know, lifelong friends and collaborators. <laughs> One of them, uh, a gentleman called Patrick Ip, who was grew up in California. He's got grandparents in Hong Kong. He came over here and was invited to speak. And what's great about Patrick is um, when he returns to Hong Kong, he, he stays in touch. And, you know, through Instagram, we discovered we both play tennis. So that's become a tradition. <laughs> and then Patrick introduced me to a, a dinner series that he created by accident called baller dinners and if you look up ballerdinner.com it gives the context but basically it's a group of maybe 10 to 12 people you keep it small enough that uh, everyone gets to talk to each other and it's evolved from how do we solve the world's problems you know something small to three very targeted questions and this is where it it's going to resonate with the go-giver approach first of all is what is your story which is what we're going to ask you, you know, how did you get to be where you are? How did you come up with the idea of writing the book and what, what inspired you about that? What are the projects that you're working on? They could be personal, professional. In other words, kind of what do you care about? The third question is kind of where the magic happens. It's where we sit back and after listening to what you care about and the, you know, the things you're doing in your story, we say, look, how can we help? And that how can we help is this, you know, offer to you know assist somebody in something that they care about without expecting anything in return and over time 
this community has evolved into about 1,700 people worldwide. And I've met so many people through that, including a gentleman who came in from New York, Marvin Matthew, one time, and, and we, we connected because we were, um, we'd already been to some of these dinners together. Mm-hmm. And after listening to some of the things I was involved in, he said, you've got to read this book, The Go-Giver. Uh-huh. And so Marvin Matthew is, is someone that uh, I want to say thank you to for introducing you know, your work. And so and do I. I want to say thank you as well. 100%. And I've shared your book a lot of times, including, you know, through LinkedIn and, and some uh, I spoke at an event that you saw recently uh, to a bunch of new interns and analysts that are coming in in January. And I said, look, here's a bunch of books that I've, I've have, have, you know, had an impact on me. And one of them, you know, in India uh, posted a great article, you know, a great post about, you know, having read your book and now you're connected and started a conversation. So, I'm, you know, all of these things snowball over time. That's what I really enjoy. Yeah. Peter, I think you're like um, Gus in the uh, in the story. I can see that. <laughs> totally see that. <laughs> and I loved how you there were so many wonderful comments about the session that you led. I mean, you must have done a really great, great job because you just had people commenting all over in the comment sections about how much they, they got out of your... Um, your your presentation and your teaching so congratulations it really spe- it, it speaks so highly of you yeah no I, I really appreciate that thank you and you know I, what another reason for these you know this idea of productive excellence sharing it with people is is a, is a no-brainer right so I did some of the Seth Godin uh, workshops including the creatives workshop this time last year which is where I met Gail and subsequently, I met Gail and, you know, introduced her to uh, to Chris. But actually, it was someone in that workshop that posted about another gentleman who's passionate about gratitude, Chris Shembra. I don't know if you've come across him. He has a thing called Gratitude and Pasta. He hosts dinners in New York typically, but because of COVID, he had to go online. Right. So even though COVID has been really difficult, it did have some unexpected benefits, including that connection. And then Chris Shembra ended up introducing me to Chris Palmore and, you know, this thing has snowballed in in new directions. That's wonderful. What a great story. I love that. (laughs) So how did you discover the go-giver approach and what inspired you to sort of, I guess, distill all of this into sort of a parable in some ways? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, first I was very, very fortunate in being born to great parents who uh, I think embodied, you know, that entire message really. And Mm. so that, that's always Mm. an advantage. Um, I, you know, as I mean, as I grew up and got into the business world and I I began in broadcasting first in radio and then in television and, and I, but I wasn't really very good at it. And I, I soon found myself what I'd like to say, having graduated into sales, uh, but I really knew nothing about sales. And the first company where I was employed as a salesperson, they didn't really have any training. So I was pretty much on my own. And uh, uh, for the first few months, I really floundered. And uh, eventually I, I was in a bookstore. And this is almost 40 years ago now. But I was in a, a bookstore and came across a couple of books on selling. One was by Tom Hopkins. One was by uh, Zig Ziglar, two of the icons in the sales space. And I started reading it and studying it and practicing and doing everything that they said. And almost immediately, my sales began to really, really go up. And mm. it was that was encouraging to me because it said that if you have a system, a methodology, then you can pretty much accomplish anything you set your mind to, you know, within within reason, of course. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, no, I, I wasn't going to be the third baseman for the Boston Red Sox, no matter how much I worked at it. So, you know, so it's not everything that you can do, but you can do a whole lot when you have a, a, a system. I, I define a system as the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how to principles, the key being predictability. Uh, if it's been proven that by doing A, you can get the desired result of B, then you know all you need to do is A and continue to do A and continue to do A, and eventually you'll get the desired result of B. And so uh, that so that gave me real, real uh, hope and encouragement in terms of sales. So I just started getting everything I could uh, find, anything I could get my hands on regarding sales, which, of course, led to personal development because a huge part of sales is personal development. So I started getting the classics in the, in the field, the the Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, Hill's Think and Grow Rich and, and Schwartz's Magic of Thinking Big and and. Um, 
Maltz's um, Psycho-Cybernetics and all the great, uh, you know, books and started studying and learning. And, and you realize that su success is really an inside job that happens to manifest itself outwardly. Mm -hmm. um, but so, you know, things were going well. But the big, I think, epiphany for me was I, I'd been in sales for a couple of years and done pretty well. But I started to work with another company where we sold a, a high ticket item and it was a kind of a different, it was a much more in-depth involved sale. And I was really in a slump right from the beginning and I couldn't seem to, to work out of it. And the more of a slump I was in, the more my focus became me and getting out of the slump as opposed to my customers, which is what it needed to, to be. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, there was a gentleman where I worked, he wasn't even in the sales department. I think he was in the engineering department or something. And he, he retired soon after he, um, so I, it's not, he's not a guy I had any kind of mentor protege relationship with. It was just, he kind of happened to come by at the exact right time and was kind enough to ask me, Berg, he was a last name kind of guy. He said, Berg, can I give you some advice? So I think he saw me as sort of like Joe in the story that I would write mm -hmm. with John David Mann mm -hmm. 20, 25 years, whatever it was later, right? The He saw me as the young, ambitious, up-and-coming, aggressive, after-it salesperson who was very, very frustrated. Mm. Because he was not achieving the kind of success he felt he should be, right? And he was right, absolutely. And so he said, uh, "If you know, he said, Berg, if you want to make a lot of money in sales, he said, don't have making money as your target, hmm. your target, he said, is serving others. Now, when you hit the target, you'll get a reward. And that reward will come in the form of money. And you can do hmm. with that money, whatever you choose. But never forget, he said, the money is simply the reward for hitting the target. It isn't the target itself. Your target yeah. is serving others. And what that really said to me was that great salesmanship is is never about the salesperson, right? Just like great leadership is never about the leader. Great salesmanship is never about the product or service, as important as those are. Great salesmanship is about the other person. It's about that person whose life you choose to touch. It's about that person whose life becomes better just because you are part of it. And when we can approach sales, when we can approach business that way, which is the go-giver way, uh, I think that's when we have positioned ourselves to be successful. Fantastic. And I'm not in sales, but it, everything you're saying totally resonates because um, my father, you know, when he was, he'd been working for a company selling farm machinery, tractors, cars, et cetera, in a rural town of Australia. I think for 18 years and I think he was a little bit frustrated that maybe that firm wasn't as focused on the client as they could be. And eventually he was made redundant, uh, you know, and he's, you know, here I'm the youngest of six children. I think I was one or two when he was made redundant, which is pretty oh. scary stuff. Yeah. And within a month or two, he realized, well, you know, I've got this great network of the farmers that he, he you know, he's cared about them and, and took time to get to know their stories and within a few months, he was trading secondhand equipment and, and, you know, replaced his income. And within another few years, the dealership said, you know what, we think you should have, you know, the main brands, Massey Ferguson, Iseki, all these others. Wow. And I did a road trip with him a couple of years ago and I kind of recorded some of it and he gave his top five or ten lessons on sales. And some of it was kind of what you're talking about. Think about, you know, put your, yourself in the shoes of these other people, including if you're driving into a farm don't drive quickly because you're going to spray dust all over the, you know, the washing that's hanging on the line. That's not going to be a good, good right. first impression. Right. And he would always make the effort of buying fresh loaf of bread and taking milk and the newspapers just to have a conversation. And whether or not that that farmer's ready to buy a tractor then, but some stage, you know, you're going to be at the top of their mind, right? And 60 years later or whatever it is that he's been operating in that field. And uh, yeah, that's, that's key to his success. So, I might have to get him to read The Go-Giver at some stage as well. Right. Sounds like he could have written it. And, you know, that really, he's such a wonderful example of everything that is good about sales and everything good about business. And what a what a great person to, to learn from. Um, you know, it, it's funny when you talk about focusing on, you know, on the other. 
I often, when I would speak at sales conferences, I, you know, one of the first things I would say is nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet, <laughs> right? They're not right. going to buy from you because you need the money and mm. they're not even going to buy from you just because you're a really nice person. They're yeah. going to buy from you because they believe they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so. So just as your father did, Peter, by focusing on them and making it all about them, by making it all about the value you can bring to their lives, you've actually created that what we call benevolent context for your success. Uh, this is also why John David Mann and I say that money is simply an echo of value, right? Okay. Money is an echo of value. It's the uh, thunder, if you will, to values lightning, which means the value must come first. The focus must be on providing value to that person. The value comes first. The money you receive is simply a natural result of the value you've provided. Makes perfect sense. In fact, Chris, even this morning or just in the last 24 hours, he's introduced me to another connection that has, has happened you know, in a productive way. Uh, another Bob, Bob Boyle. And we had a great call literally 12 hours ago this morning and we've been messaging each other, you know, <laughs> In for a couple of hours afterwards, and, and again now he's just woken up and it's my evening, and you know his approach to sales has just been curiosity and trying to understand the industries that he's solving and understand the clients. If you're listening to the clients already, they feel valued and heard and respected and everything else, and you know those relationships just sort of build on so quickly. I think, and that's why uh, he's been successful. Well, you know, it's very much human nature to want to be listened to and want to be understood, want to feel understood. And when people know we're listening and that we're listening, you know, not just with our ears, not just the surface listening, right? That kind of listening that we're waiting till they end so we can get our two cents in, right? But that that listening with our, our eyes, that yeah. listening with our, our posture, uh, that listening with our entire being, what a difference maker that is. 100%. And, you know, like going back into the, the how this little collaboration happened, um, Chris and I, you know, met again through sort of this productive accident. But gratitude is kind of the, the common link. I had a gratitude project going. Chris, maybe you want to introduce how you just came across this whole concept and, that, you know, how we ended up collaborating, I think, is, is also a fun story. And basically, the I had a professor who went back a hundred years and looked at how does innovation happen. And at the end of it, he said, look, you either operate in a very closed network in a silo and that's fine. You know, if you want to execute and optimize, but it's going to be tough if you, if someone asks you to reinvent your industry, the alternative is to be quite open to these conversations. Random conversations are, are often really useful. Being the bridge between different industries, different um, skill sets, locations, age groups, all of these things, uh, I guess, ingredients for, for you know, uh, getting insights that can turn into innovation, but they also turn your whole life into adventure, um, whether it's through, you know, uh, volunteering for NGOs or going, you know, volunteering to go on the board of different groups. All of these things kind of just start to happen and you realise the more you help other people, um, it levels the playing field, particularly in an NGO, right? You all come around a cause such as solving poverty in Tanzania or, um, you know, helping people have better education anywhere or, or through equality, a lot of these things just kind of start to combine and you find people that naturally want to collaborate. And eventually your network becomes so deep and diverse that it doesn't matter who you meet, you can either help them directly or you can introduce them to three or four people that, that are, you know, on the same wavelength or operating in the same area. And then you just kind of sit back. So in terms of systems, to me, this productive accidents approach, which is um, basically he boiled, the, this professor that I had boiled all of this research down to one phrase, put yourself at risk of productive accident. So there's no guarantees, but it's become a predictable, repeatable pattern, just like our conversation today is an example. We're learning more about you. You're going to learn about Chris and about me. And somewhere along the lines, that might turn into another connection or a collaboration or an introduction. And that's where this magic keeps on happening. So I'll pass to Chris and he can describe how he came across the, uh, the power of gratitude and, and then how we ended up meeting and, and what we've done since. 
Thanks, Peter. Well, I just want to say, you know, Gus, uh, I'm not Gus, sorry, I'll call him Gus because you were referring to Peter as Gus, Bob. Um, I just kept thinking, you know, I was, I, I loved how you framed that earlier. It made me think that like, you know, Peter's mission to get, you know, to, to live this productive accidents lifestyle. I feel like he's, he's embodied, the idea of Gus is this productive accidents lifestyle. I really do. So speaking just to being a student of Peter's and a friend of Peter's, you know, just the idea of, I'm just curious to meet people and see what happens where it's not, again, like what you're saying, it's not, I'm not going in going, oh, I need to sell something to you, or I need you to, I need you to make me better, right? It's just more about being curious and just showing up and without, you know, any type of agenda and meeting people and seeing what happens, you know, if you can fulfill helping them out, that's great. If you can collaborate with them, that's great. And that's kind of where, you know, Peter and I met where he, he expressed that he wanted to, he had a mission to do 10,000 gratitudes. He wanted to, he wanted to have 10,000 gratitude moments. He wanted to share over the next 27 years or whatever, if you do one a day, you know, and that really resonated with me because, you know, years passed when I wrote my letter to my mother uh, on my birthday, because I wanted to honor her. That was that, that created this special memory. And I always tell people that a gratitude letter isn't magic, but what it can do is magic. Expressing gratitude is complete magic. It can do things that uh, in my sense, when my mom, my dad told me, uh, your mom can't talk to you right now. She needs time with this. That that was a magical moment because that had never happened in, you know, in 38 years. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd never done anything to have that moment happen. But a gratitude letter did that. Um, and, you know, and when I wrote that on December 30th, I didn't know that, you know, four months later that, you know, her cancer had come back and she had passed away in hospice. So. Um, the the moments that created a moment in time that has brought us forth even to right now. So I like to I like to say that and that's actually the anniversary is tomorrow. But um, you know the amazing thing about gratitude and letters and all these these moments is that they're always stacking. Everything we're doing is stacking, and it could be stacking in a negative way or a positive way, right? Like you, what you do with your life every day, it's these are all things that have ripples and. Specifically, I can go, that letter is stacking right now. The only reason I met Peter, right, is because of that letter. The only reason that he introduced, and then I get introduced to Gail. The only reason I'm sitting here in front of Bob, I only know Bob's book because of the stacking, <laughs> you know. Um, and I think, it, you know, it really, this whole idea of, um, you know, Law 5 in your book of receptivity is, is just appreciating being open to the gifts that people give you and being grateful for them. I think that's such a big it's it's good to go out and find gratitude and things, but to, to see the gifts that people give you for what they are, right? To be receptive to that, I think it's a, it's a powerful thing, and I, I love that that's that that's your your law number five there. That that's that that's part of. It. I think it. Um, so I'd love you to speak a little more about. I could. I don't. We only have so much time with you, so I'm going to shut up because I want to hear about Bob. I would love for you to speak. Kind of. That's you know. I feel like that's the the law that's right. Is, is closely attached to gratitude. Oh, sure. And, you know, I just love the topic of gratitude because I, I really believe that gratitude is the trait. And I say it's a trait because it can be developed. And that's, you know, one of the great things you teach us to do. Um, gratitude is the trait that makes happiness possible. Because if we don't have gratitude for the blessings that we have, and those blessings don't have to be anything particularly fancy. It doesn't have to be a big boat. It can be the ability to see and hear and touch, taste, smell. It can have be having a roof over our head. It can be having, uh, you know, family we love and who loves us. And and it can be the things that we're able to just do by, you know, so many, so many things. It's being able to drink a cup of coffee and and knowing what it took throughout the marketplace to grow the seeds and grow the and get, you know, to uh, plant the seeds and plant and harvest and ship and blend and do all the I mean there's so much to be grateful for but if we're not grateful for these things it's really the same as not having them and we can't be happy you know <laughs> you know what I'm saying so so to be happy we have got to be grateful and that was something I had to learn a long time ago because I I was that person who looked at things in a negative way you know i i just seemed to see that the the negative aspect and i didn't embrace i didn't have gratitude and about 30 years ago when i realized that there were a number of changes i had to make in my own life in order to to be a, a more effective person to be a happier person to be a more successful overall person there were things i needed to change about myself and the very first one was developing the trait of gratitude and uh, 
it took a while. But once I got that, my life just changed for the better. It, you look at life in a whole, it doesn't mean we don't have problems and situations and sadness. And that, that's not what we're, we're talking about. But it just means you look at life through a certain lens. And it's a much more productive lens. So thank you for putting that book together and, and for, you know, bringing that, uh, bringing that wisdom uh, to us. The law of receptivity, real, which is, again, the fifth law, there's the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and then receptivity. The law of receptivity simply says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving, just as you were saying, right? right? It's <laughs> allowing. And this is really nothing more than understanding that, yeah, you breathe out, but you've also got to breathe in. It's not one or the other. Right. Uh, right. You breathe out, you breathe in. You breathe out carbon dioxide, you breathe in oxygen. You breathe out, which is giving. You breathe in, which is receiving. Giving and receiving are not opposite concepts, despite the messages that we get from the world around us. Because the world fills us with and everything with horrible messages about money, about about abundance, about prosperity, about business. My goodness, it's uh, and 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 so we've got to be able to to understand that despite those messages, giving and receiving are not opposite concepts. Giving and receiving are simply two sides of the very same coin, and they work in tandem, right? Now, what we know is that the laws of life tell us that the giving comes first. We plant before we harvest. We sow before we reap. We give before we receive. And, and so, sure, by all means, focus on the giving, or the giving of value to everyone you can and in whatever way, because value is always in the eyes of the beholder. It's not what we believe is of value or what we believe they should believe is of value. It's what they see as being of, of value by all means focus on the focus on the value but then allow the receiving yeah i mean i think that question i mentioned earlier for the dinner series how can i help has become it works on a few different levels it's a literal question that you could ask your co-workers or your family or you know anyone that you meet but it's also a great way to reflect on you know what are the things i can do uh, to help, you know, our community or, or something bigger than, than ourselves. And even, um, you know, it forces you to think about what do I care about, you know? And I think that is not something that comes naturally. You know, you have to stay alert and curious to work out, look, what, what's the, the gift maybe that we have that is going to have the biggest impact? Whether it's connection, making connections and collaborating, being a super connector or, or you know, facilitating gratitude or, or sharing you know, the key ideas from, from your, you know, research and, and your experiences, um, you know, that's that's where I think a lot of this magic keeps on happening. And, you know, that's why I'm, I'm encouraged by what you're saying here today as well. I was just thinking, Chris, do you want to go into your typical questions of, you know, digging deep into the layers of gratitude here? I know we only got a couple minutes left, so I could, I could, uh, so, uh, Bob, we're going to do a really quick gratitude experiment, okay? So I'm going to ask you a recession of the same question a couple times. I just want a one-name answer, okay? Different every time. Okay? Okay. I'll do All right. my best. Oh, no, you can't fail this. So <laughs> you hear the, when you hear the words, uh, somebody in my life I'm grateful for, what's the first name that comes to mind? Um, well, can I say parents and use that as one unit? Yes, or? that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, I'm going to say it again. Somebody in my life I'm grateful for. My parents. Okay, I'm saying it again, a, a different name each oh, time. Yeah. Somebody in life I'm grateful for. Kathy Tajanel. Okay, one more time. Somebody in life I'm grateful for. John David Mann. Okay, I want to hear about John David Mann. Can you share a couple things? And then I know you got to get going because we're, we're at the 30-minute mark. <laughs> uh, John is my co-author of the Go-Giver series. He is an absolutely fantastic writer. He's the person who really you know, made the story what it is, the stories, because it's a series, what it is. And he is just great to work with because not only is he super brilliant, but he's very humble and he's very open to ideas. And you always feel with John as though you're in a collaboration uh, for something. So, uh, and he's just an overall great guy. Can I ask one follow-up question? Do you remember the elements that came into play or who introduced you and the gratitude? You know what I mean? I love these little stories. Like, you, obviously, you love this man for good reason. But I'm curious, like, 
who was what were the elements that brought him into your life? Was there a person that introduced you that you're you say I'm grateful for so and so because without this connection, you know, that connection? Uh, well, John was the editor in chief of a magazine I used to write for. Oh, okay, yeah, so that's how we we met, and so he always did such a great job editing that when um, I had the idea about the book, he was the only one I wanted to, mm. to work with this on. And, and he was very busy at the time with a bunch of other projects. And so he had, you know, he didn't make the decision right away. He, and, and I'm very grateful for his, well, his wife, Anna, back then his fiance, because he got together with her and said, you know, Anna, I'm so busy right now. I don't really have time to, to work on this, uh, you know, think about this thing that, but you know, it's Bob, you know, uh, he's a great guy. I, you know, uh, we have such a great friendship. How can I not? So when they were visiting her mom, in, in the Tampa, Florida area, the other side of the state from me, they actually, but the two of them took a four hour drive over to where I live in, in Jupiter. We uh, went, we ate at a restaurant, I think it was like a three or four hour dinner discussing the idea. And then they still didn't decide. And I say <laughs> they, because they operate as a team. And eventually about three weeks later, he called me and he said, you know, we talked it over and, and we think this is a great thing to do. <laughs> so mm. so yeah i am very very grateful i love that I'm, i really appreciate you expressing that i love hearing the, the those little uh i call it gratitude cubed it's when you look when you're sitting in a grateful moment about anything you can look back and start to see these these small little things that came together this i, I like to use the term magic obviously you could say it's all it all makes sense i just like to see the magic in it so mm -hmm. to me i hear that story i go you became friends with this man at the magazine you'll have this rapport and then you write this book and then his Ethan, I love the follow-up story of you contacting him and he's not sure. And then all these little elements came into play and then bam, here we are, right? Like that, that little connect, because you worked at that magazine, here we are together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the amazement of all that. So, yeah, I know it's, a, it's something to be very, very grateful for. And I, I totally, uh, you know, uh, grateful for it. It's and beautiful. as usual, you can only connect the dots, you know, in, in retrospect, right? Yeah. In real time, yeah. no one really knows anything. You know, that's the lesson for, you know, teenagers finishing high school. No one knows, right? Just trust the process and wait for the magic to happen, yeah. especially if you follow something like the go-giver. Yeah. You know, we like to say if, if you do the right things in the right way, you know, if you focus on others, if you say nice thing, you know, if you don't gossip about people, if you look to add value to the lives of others, you know, it doesn't guarantee anything, but it certainly creates that, again, that benevolent context for your success. If you're doing the right thing, increasing the odds of the right results. I understand. Thank you so much, Bob. This has been really, really uh, great experience and great to get to meet you. And uh, good luck with your next projects. Anything you've got on the horizon that you want to talk about briefly? Uh, well, you know, we, Kathy, my my business partner, and I just started a few weeks ago a um, uh, online mentorship. We call it a mentorship instead of membership community, even though it's really a membership community called the Go Giver Success Alliance a group of just wonderful, wonderful people. And we get together and we, with each other, we learn, we, we uh, discuss, we strategize, we collaborate, we build strong relationships. And so if anyone would like to check that out, if they go to Berg, B-U-R-G.com and scroll a little bit down the page, they'll see uh, the Go-Giver uh, Success Alliance and they can click on that. There's a picture of Rachel's famous coffee which you'll remember from the story. And that's where we meet at, at the virtual Rachel's famous coffee. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Bob. I know you got to go. So P Peter and I are going to continue and talk a little bit more about your book without you here, just to share more, some ideas, but uh, thank you. We very generous. I thank you, Bob. Thank you for your book. Thank you for your time. You're, you're awesome. Thank well, you, man. Again, please know my, my gratitude for both of you. Thank you. Cheers, thank you. Have a Bye. good day. Well, that was awesome, man. Yeah, that was fun. Um, and, you know, you've got to stay focused. It's 30 minutes. Normally we have an hour. Um, I guess we have time, as you as you uh, suggested, just to reflect on some of the main points. What, what stood out for you? Um, well, you know, because I, 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 I'm glad we I'm grateful that we were going to have a conversation with him because I did read his book. You know, I did read the book last year um, and this gave me a chance to listen to the audio book again and kind of think think a little more about 
the you know these elements and how they play with gratitude so mm. you know we, we've spoken before about um you know i, I want to be a catalyst for gratitude so obviously there's a lot of different ways to do that but you know what i keep bringing up is like you know showing up giving your attention to somebody actually being present is a form of gratitude you know letting people yeah. know you see them and also obviously when you ask the question how can i help that's the acts of service. That's a form of gratitude. That's creating space for gratitude to exist. So when he's speaking about, you know, for example, even sharing, for example, when you connect one person to another, which, you know, I, I was wanting to say earlier, you know, the amazing thing about you having a conversation with Bob, which is great, is the fact that you introduced me to Gail, who introduced me to Bob. And now I'm introducing you to a friend of Gail that you didn't know. I mean, it's, it's this, yeah. this, this insanity of like this craziness of interconnected wovenness, uh, but these are all like connecting people as a form of gratitude. You're when you, for example, when you connect me to somebody, I, they, I've already got, I already know they must be a good person because you've already laid the groundwork that Peter is a good, you are a good person that care. You know what I mean? I know yeah, Peter. Peter cares. Peter's a good guy. So when yeah. you, when you, when we introduce people to each other, it's like goodwill. It's like you've rolled out the red carpet. I go, I, I know I'm going to enjoy time with them. I, they've already, I don't have to think about any of the boxes of checking about an individual. So it's a, it's a shortcut to trust, right? I mean, that's what a lot of these things are. That's why these baller dinners are so powerful because, you know, even though I knew Patrick and I, I, I created one of the a few of the dinners, maybe 10 of them or so in Hong Kong. And, you know, the next time I was traveling, whether I went to San Francisco for a trip and then to uh, New York, each time I would just throw it out on this, on this, you know, baller dinner Facebook group and say, hey, I'm going to be in town for five days. I'm available on Monday night or whatever it is. Someone I don't even know would, would jump back on and say, yep, I've booked a restaurant. And one of them was Marvin Matthew that I mentioned earlier. He was the first one to jump out and book a restaurant. Ten people I'd never met before converged. But because we have that system or the framework with those three questions, you know, what's your story? What projects you're working on? How can I help? Um, you just go straight into, you know, those conversations and they, they very quickly, uh, you know, you can form lifelong friends within that. So I'm convinced of that. Even the conversation when I, I had with Bob, the other Bob this morning, um, literally I, I sort of mentioned that to him and, and he, he wrote to me afterwards and said that's what resonated with him because, you know, that's, that's how he's been living uh, in his sales roles and everything else. In fact, it even led to... Uh, the realization that some of his team are based in Melbourne. My eldest daughter is based in Melbourne, and he's already written an introduction for you know my eldest daughter Bella, who wrote in uh, Dear Gratitude, an anthology book, to have a conversation with with some of his team down there. Which who knows where that will go. So these things you know can accelerate really really quickly. I've got another example of a, a colleague who's just moved to Athens. Um, Annie Philippova, I don't know if she's listening, but maybe I'll send her a link so she can hear this little interaction. But I knew that she was really passionate about being creative and entrepreneurship and so on. And by chance, Tony Verb, who we introduced us, who we spoke to in a, in a previous episode, he connected me to a, a lady called Anna Wong, who had created a group called Female Entrepreneurs Worldwide. And, you know, they run um, events and um, they get keynote speakers to come in and talk about how to build a business, how to build a better website, how to do marketing, whatever it is. And I said, you know what, Annie, even though we're both working in, you know, a financial firm doing, you know, full-time jobs, these hobbies can still happen parallel. And so I connected her to, to Anna. They clicked very quickly. Um, suddenly, Annie, you know, became a full-fledged member, member of Female Entrepreneurs Worldwide. Fast forward, now she's moved to Europe and she's going to help launch female entrepreneurs worldwide in Europe, in, you know, starting in Athens and so on. So these little connections, that's what I really enjoy, just seeing them grow and expand and, you know, these experiments, you know, uh, 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 what life is really kind of about, right? It's not about where you get to in the end. It's all of these connections and collaborations that happen along the way. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, one of the biggest things... Um... What I loved what Bob said was like he said he called you Gus. What a, what a what a huge compliment from the man that wrote the book, right? Well, just, just take that in for a second. That was really beautiful. It's been a few years since I read the book. You know, I remember the key concepts, but now I'm going to have to go back and go. Hang on, who's this Gus? Now, character? He he's the so he's the character in the beginning. Okay, so the, he's not the the character that's going through the journey. He's not the right. Bob character. 
he's the guy in the office that's that recommends the the mentor yeah, to that character. Movie. So he's the yeah, guy in the office. He's the connector in the office. He's the one yeah. that made. So if you were, you know, if the, the character in the book was a real person, and we go, who are you grateful for? If I asked it several times, they would mention Gus. He would say, well, Gus. Gus yeah. changed my life because Gus introduced me to so and so, who introduced. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. and and I love. So it's huge compliment him saying that. But I love him saying that because honestly, you're you do embody that idea, but your philosophy embodies the idea that's where i was even going deeper i was going i was going that this productive accidents idea of just getting out meeting people having conversations without an intent you know without an intention behind it other than how can we collaborate yeah. um opens up your world and allows those connections to happen organically like on or even organic or on, or on steroids actually yeah. you take you're taking so you're not that the virtual office would be you're in a virtual office. Productive accidents is how you're going to meet all these people. And you never know what's going to happen because we just meet people with not having the intention of, you know, I, of what's going to happen with it, but just showing up and being present for a conversation and just seeing yeah. what happens, being curious, right? It's all about well, being curious, and not judgmental. And it's, an, it's a no brainer that, you know, we could end up, get Anna Wong on here or, you know, Annie Filipova or both of them and, and just hear what they've been doing and how they've been collaborating since, you know, that first introduction. And even, you know, LinkedIn has become such a productive playground. You know, I think I've told you the story of, of Greg Larkin, who reached out and we started a conversation. Next thing you know, I was on the on a trip to New York and I ended up staying with he and his, his wife and their kids in, in Brooklyn. And that's turned into another creative community called Punks and Pinstripes. And every, you know, two weeks we have a conversation with this amazing group of entrepreneurs, intrapreneurs, and, you know, really sharing great um stories you know they have a person give like a, a 15 minute sort of talk about you know their journey and none of them are linear you know that's that's the key thing you know everyone has, has failed or gone through challenging situations but the these communities that that can help support each other and just you know not just pretend that everything's always fine it is has, has a, a value of itself so there's so many great people that have happened through like you say, this mindset, Gino, who we introduced, Gino, you, you know, and then Adrian Bellick, who introduced um, or who shared the CNN article of, of Thor, you know, he was our first guest on this on this series of conversations. And now Thor is here and he, he's married and his, his wife is here in Hong Kong and he still hasn't managed to get off out of here. Off but, the island. You know, he's trying to get to every country on the planet. Um, and I saw he, I saw his list of how explaining how far away these places were on the map. Did you see that post? No, I haven't seen that one. Oh, he just, well, he had the places, he saw the map, but then he said, I need to explain to you, because I'm not even a plane, how far away these places are from Hong Kong. So he literally had like the kilometers and the miles, like a listing right. of these countries where I think like the farthest one's like 9,000 miles or something, some, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just insane, like it's it's a hurdle. It is, but at least, at least, regardless of how long it takes, it seems like at least you know he, he's with his wife now, and right. and hopefully that will help stretch out his uh, his his tolerance, I guess, for for this difficult thing. He's been traveling since two thousand thirteen, right? So right. every country on the planet without catching an aeroplane is is not a small uh, a small ask, especially when you've got COVID. You know, keeping it. It was literally the reason I reached out to him. It was literally a year since we had he we invited him to come around here and have a barbecue at our place. So there was a photo that popped up and I said, Hey, here's a memory, you know, we need to connect catch up again and we will. Um, so yeah. All good fun. And there's plenty of other people that we can we can bring back in here. There's there's so many without even thinking. Um, so that's that's what, you know, I, I gotta acknowledge you for just being so open to experiment with this concept, right? And and what I love about you know, your book, um, Dear Gratitude, is a collection of essays that anyone could contribute to, you know, 100 words, a 1,000 words, you know, just reflecting on someone they're grateful for or, or a situation. And it's such a diverse mix of, of people that have contributed. And now the next one is coming out soon, which is Dear 2020. And even though 2020 sucked in a lot of ways, you know, if you really reflect carefully, there were some things, you know, quite a lot that we, we still need to be grateful for. 
Um, so that's coming out when really soon, like maybe even it, it's tomorrow. it's technically going to come out tomorrow, even if I don't get my test proof. Um, yeah. It's it, I, I looked on online again, and it's it's supposed to wrap tomorrow by 10 p.m. I just want to look at the uh, I just want to physically look at the paperback before I allow anybody to purchase it. Well, <laughs> but it's yeah, that no, was that was the day. Tomorrow's the you know tomorrow is uh, seven years. My mom passed yeah. away, so um, yeah. it's insane to uh, think that seven years has passed and. Uh, and I'm trying to set up a couple conversations and podcasts just because I uh, originally I was wasn't going to do that, but I was thinking, what a better time to to uh, have chats and gratitude with other people than tomorrow, you know? Hundred percent. And you maybe like summarize how many of these different series have you got? So you know, ours is gratitude space slash productive accidents as a collaboration. Then I know you've got a few others. What what are the highlights? Oh, you mean high? Well, I'll tell you. Well, I've got so just to go through the series list. You know, you and I, the first I was doing my own thing, right? So it would be Chris's yeah. interviews, right? And that's how we I interviewed you. And then you and I started our thing, which was awesome because I was wanting a partner. So it was productive accidents. And then shortly after, I started Gratitude and Sobriety with Curtis Cockwell, um, which is awesome. He's awesome. Uh, and then most recently, about a month ago, I started Gratitude and Movement with my friend Laura. Uh, who's again a fantastic human being and during that process though I started doing the birthday gratitude podcast stuff which I love um, because that's just so focused but um and then even more recently you'll appreciate this my mentor and good friend Bobby Koontz who introduces me to a lot of great people I pulled him in to being part of those podcasts so he's like you know what I mean so yesterday because he introduced me to Brianna Brianna sorry Brianna um I was like, dude, you need to come and be a part of this. And last week is the same thing. He introduced me to this guy named Ronnie, who's an amazing musician. And that was, so this is the thing about the productive access of this. So he entered, he, Bobby, when he hears gratitude, he's a gratitude guy. So we should have him on anyway. So just, sure. we should just do that. Cause I wanted, that's my way of introducing him to you. Right. <laughs> and we get to collect all of it. So it's like, it's a no brainer, right? Like we just need to do it just to do it. Um, but he, when he hears anything about gratitude, like he automatically thinks of me and he, you know, so he, he heard uh, Ronnie was uh, on Clubhouse singing about his songs and, you know, singing, literally playing his music and talking about, he has an album coming out next month called Gratitude. So he's like, he contacts, Chris, you need to talk to this guy, you know, read this. And he goes, so yeah. I talked to Ronnie and Ronnie's like, yeah, for sure. And, and then he's like, I was like, you know, we could have you play. I was like, I've never done that, but we could have you know, if you want to play, you know, you could play music on the podcast, you know. So some time passes, we book it a couple of days before I go, I have the brain, no brainer. I have an idea that's a no brainer. I go, I should see if Bobby can be a part of this because Bobby loves this guy. You know what I mean? Like Bobby likes it. Like I, I met him. You, you know what I mean? Like this is, it's like Bobby Light has an affection for this guy. He has a memory with this guy. Right. And mm -hmm. I get Bobby on there and like, bottom line is like, Bobby only adds value to any conversation, any group, because he's thoughtful, enthusiastic, insightful. Uh, it just, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's just great. So it's like, I got Bobby to come on, which was great because now yeah, I have some, I don't really know Ron. I know a little bit about him, but Bobby's like, you could, Bobby's like a fan of everybody, right? Like that's, that's who he is, which is, you can't, you can never have enough of those people in your life and in a room period, that quality, right? You just can't. So, he comes in, does that, and then he introduced me to Brianna, and he comes in yesterday and does that again, freaking awesome. And yeah. then next week we we've got this amazing author I haven't even told you about, uh, Daniel. Uh, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong. I think it's uh, Levon, um, who was yeah, I'm pronouncing his name wrong, but he was a monk for five years. Uh, he was there at the beginning of Hayward House when it started, when it became its first hundred million. Um, but he has a book called The Mosaic, which. We're talking about so I'm gonna turn you on to it, but next week we're gonna do another. So I'm just saying that organically came out. We're like he's a superb human being and a co-host because uh, he's filling in those gaps. He's inter not only is he introducing right, which is what you do, but he's filling in those gaps because he has stories with the people. So um, yeah. my uh, the magic to the end of the line is like you know magical moments. You're talking about magical moments. Um, I would say, uh, I mean, there's been so many good people. I, I just, when I started this project, we'll call it the podcast project, right? I didn't know what was going to happen. I just said, my goal was I'm going to do 10 of these things and see, or 12 of these things. I'm going to see what happens, right? That, that, uh, 
you know, instru- the uh, the magic of just having an experiment, right? My outcome mm-hmm. was not what's going to happen. I'm not going to get a thousand views. I'm not going to get somebody famous on the podcast. That was never any of that. It was just like the format is 12 podcasts, see what happens, right? So because I decided to dive in, because I had just an idea and a, a follow through, what's happened? And I'll tell you the most ex- the most exciting thing that has happened out of that would be um, doing um, this podcast with you, collaborating with the podcast idea, meeting other people through people like yourself. So the most exciting thing is, you know, we met and then we have this relationship now that we're having memories. I'm meeting people that I would never meet in my life because we get together and I get to have a conversation, which is awesome. Same thing with Curtis, same thing with Laura, same thing with Bobby. I could do that all day long, brother. I love it. I absolutely love meeting. You're a great person. Getting back to this slide, it's like, you're a great person. I want to meet anybody you know. (laughs) <laughs> and this is and this is the same thing with Curtis, right? Like I know going back to that whole thing of like if that trust, right? So I know that if 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 Peter brings somebody in, I know they're good. They're good people. It's just like stamp. They're good people. And I just want to have a conversation with them. And I'm getting to have new conversations, meeting new people all the time because of it. And, okay. and it's going to reach a tipping point where you're going to start to see all these other possibilities that cross the you know the different channels that you're creating that's that's what i think is really exciting and uh it's going to happen you know you've you already got momentum and you're going to eventually every person you meet you're going to say oh you know i need to introduce you to so and so and so and so and so and so and that's already starting to happen you know like you know the introduction that you did to to bob has been great and uh, we should get him on here at some stage too because he's, he's got some great stories and uh just a lot of yeah, a lot of a lot of great great uh, energy. I think you know that's what I really appreciated. And it turned out we have a mutual friend that did the alt MBA, uh, Paul Valentine, who's based in Sydney. We should get Paul on here at some stage too. He's he's an interesting character, um, former two time world champion, body you know weightlifting champion, you know drug free champion, which apparently is is not typical in the, in that field, um, and. You know, again, connected through LinkedIn. Next time I went to Sydney, he he just said, "Hey, do you need a, a a lift into work?" And I said, "Actually, yeah, that would be cool." He picked me up. We went for breakfast. We clicked. You know, a lot of shared interests and sort of mindset. And uh, we've been collaborating. You know, ever since and to the point where he became a personal trainer this time last year and helped with nutrition, exercise, and and rest. And what I love about it is his program is is literally I can do with a set of hand weights on the on the on the balcony, and I don't need to go to a gym. I don't need to do anything. I just need to do this routine that he's developed. You know, takes thirty minutes twice a week. And anyway, I, I just thought that was that was a great revelation. It was a perfect fit for what I needed at that time. I do need to ramp it up again. In fact, talking to Bob this morning, he said he's on he's got a hundred what hundred seventy yeah. day streak of. of doing you know this exercise routine that he wants to do anyway it turns out bob knows paul that they must have been doing the alt mba together or something so you know all these bridges just keep on uh forming and and they make these conversations that much more fun too uh and you you know you don't have to talk to each other for a few years but you've already got that foundation that you know that's that's been built on trust or or shared interests or whatever it is yeah i um there's two thoughts i want to back up real quick um I, I, oh, actually, a couple of thoughts. One thing is share his routine with me because I'm very curious. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I'd love to see that. But I wanted to talk really briefly, you know, um, in Bob's book, he talks about networking, you know, and about expanding your network. And I feel like um, the productive accidents. So, for example, if if we say giving, give to receive, right? Give mm-hmm. to receive. That's a nice reciprocity. I think expanding your net. So for example, if you want to expand your network, take the philosophy of productive accidents, because that way you're not setting out to expand your network. You're just setting out to have conversations with people. So it's the same idea of like, I'm giving and I'll receive, but I'm not giving to receive. Um, If you want to expand your network, just be open to having conversations and have productive, you know, this productive accidents philosophy, just because you don't, you're not, you're not saying they, they're not filling a box. You're just creating the space where that can happen. And, and you can tell, you know, on LinkedIn, the, the people that you want to interact with very quickly, the ones that copy and paste, you know, a, a six paragraph essay and include links and expect you to 
engage and purchase something, there's no way that's ever going to happen. But the other people who say, look, hey, it looks like we've got some shared interest. You want to have a conversation? 100% that's going to turn into a conversation. You know, why wouldn't it? Because obviously you're talking to a human, not a, not a machine at the other end of the, you know, the channel there. And it's the same thing going to a, a big event. It's people that walk around handing out business cards and expecting that to form some sort of relationship, zero probability. You know, I, I would rather, and we've spoken about this before, go to a large event with 100 people. I would rather spend half an hour getting to know one person properly than 10, you know, very superficially. Because that one person, if it's, you know, if there's a fit, shared interests and mindset will turn into, you know, the, these these compounding collaborations that, that keep on happening. So it takes time, right? It, it is an investment. And, you know, just keeping an open mind is is, is, is the major, probably the major ingredient and curiosity. So, um, yeah, these conversations are, are fun and, and I look forward to continuing them i don't know if you know we're getting towards the hour is there anything else you want to catch up on today well there's just a couple more things i wanted to um to say so i think we could do like a short podcast about the correct way to network on linkedin so i'm just throwing that out there so we can both hear that because you just or i could just take what you just said but yeah. i think that i think that by itself would be a little beautiful thing um yeah. no, two, what, two was i had when you were talking about uh bob and you were talking about your friend with the weights it made me think of another idea for a series we could do and it could just be like a three part series. So we just choose one person. <clears throat> we get to ask them the great, we, we find out what they're passionate about. We, we lead it back. So for example, if we were just doing a relationship, it could be like, okay, your wife's your most, somebody. So I wouldn't want to say like a parent, but say, okay, somebody in your life you're grateful for. Right. So it could be your wife or it could be your best friend, whatever. Right. Yeah. But we ask this question two or three times until we find a person that, that connected them, that's mm -hmm. still alive, that we can talk to. And then we interview that person and mm -hmm. we ask the same question and go another mm -hmm. level into a third person. Yeah. I mean, stringing these I, stories with these, these, these gratitude connections. I, I, I love the idea of building this sort of chain reaction and that, and that's kind of what, where we started out in some ways, right? We can interview one person and then they might mention somebody. Then the, at a subsequent conversation, we'll bring, both of those people into the into the conversation. I think that would be something that we haven't quite played with yet, but it's definitely on the cards. Like Thor and Patrick will get them on a, a thing, and um, you know, there, there's a lot of other people that, that we've probably got potential to do that with. And then, then the third idea I need to please, we now know quite a few people who've written books, and to get you know a series of four authors in one conversation, give give each author ten minutes to talk about their book. You know, have, have people, you know, on on the on the program that can type questions or ask questions directly, and you know, these four books don't have to be in a similar theme. They, by definition, they should be unrelated. You know, you could have a cookbook, you could have a business book, you could have a gratitude book, you could have anything, and uh, you know, we can do that anytime. You know, it can be just one of these programs as an experiment because. All of this is is just you know the lean startup on steroids, right? It's 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 costs virtually nothing to to put these things together, just our time and a bit of energy and and so on. Um, but you're never quite sure where they're going to go unless you unless you start, all right? And and uh, it's kind of the perfect platform, you know. I never thought that the book would turn into you know this is our thirteenth uh, podcast interview conversation. Um, but you're helping to accelerate that, you know, like digital book is one version, physical is another, audio book happened with a friend, uh, Clayton Watson in, in uh, Victoria in Australia, one day I'll get to meet him too, and that's, a, that's another version of stacking, you know, these productive accents. He runs wine tours in a beautiful area that I've never been to, so for sure that's going to happen. He's a snowboarder, for sure we're going to go snowboarding. You know, all of these little experiences are going to keep on compounding. Same with your musicians, right? Getting George Matthew on here from Music for Life is a no-brainer because you know he's got a really interesting story and and uh, we actually had a board meeting you know early on Monday morning or Tuesday morning I think it was like 7:30 here and um, you know just hearing what he's up to and, and how he's trying to help um, keep musicians connected uh, because none of these orchestras are performing you know for the last 12 months or more. And he's trying to support them and uh, raise money, you know, for them. And, and, and just in the same way that musicians have volunteered for Music for Life, 
how can we help those guys, you know, when, when they're not in, in the best shape? So it will be great to get him and, and all these other people, um, Victoria from Resolve, um, John Wood from Room to Read. There's, there's lots of possibilities that we can introduce over time. So, Well, you, you make the decision on who you want to reach out to next because they're all your friends, buddy. Yeah, yeah. anytime. Yeah, I, I should just throw it out there and, and just set it up. You know, we could have a calendar with 52 people into the future potentially. But, uh, yeah. Well, well, well may, may, if we get blocked in a date, we could at least schedule four in a row and just get them blocked in. Then, if you want to do that, that's not a bad idea. What's yeah, going to accelerate and make it easier for us, right? Let's see. Yeah, that's an experiment too, right? There's no, there's, there's no rules here. That's that's the thing. Right. Yeah. Good idea. Well, well, cool, man. Well, I think a great way to finish this out would be me. You know, Gail's birthday was yesterday, and I think you and I singing "Happy Birthday" to her would be a fantastic way to close this episode out that and i at that point i could send her the link on youtube just us singing to her all right that's a great idea. all right yep. so this is our friend for our friend gail so here we go peter happy birthday to you happy birthday to you i think we have a delay happy birthday dear gail Happy birthday to you. I think we're both slowing down. It's kind of funny. Hip, hip. It's because of the delay. All right. Hip, hip. All right. All right. I'm Chris Peter. That was good, Jackson. And we are out. Cheers.